G'day, I'm Ian Swain, the owner of Swain Destinations. And I'm honored to have my next guest in the series we're running a chat with Ian Swain. And I'd like to introduce you to someone who I've partnered with for over 30 years. And together, we've helped each other build and make our businesses successful. The special treatment that guests receive is so memorable when Craig Janet and his team are involved. The similarities of being a family business continue with both of us as now we both have sons in the business. So welcome Craig Wickham, owner of Exceptional Kangaroo Island. I'm really excited to have you as my guest as you're someone who has inspired me so much for so many years. So welcome Craig. Thanks mate, great to be here, great to be part of it. Uh, yeah, really excited to be able to uh, bring uh, yeah, a little bit about what we, what we do every day to uh, to your guests and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really nice partnership and one that we value yeah, as far as the, the two families working together. So Craig, Kangaroo Island is one of the destinations where our clients fully immerse themselves in the beauty and wonder of Australia. But of course it was heavily impacted by the bushfires this last Christmas. By all accounts, I think we all thought that that would be the defining event for 2020. But of course that's not to be the case as we find ourselves in a very unique predicament now of COVID-19. Has the island had a chance to recover from the bushfires? And has that experience given you unique insight in how to handle the current challenges being faced across the industry with this global pandemic? Yeah, mate, it's, uh, yeah, who would have thought that uh, you'd look back at large scale bushfires as being the good old days? I, I guess to draw the learnings from the bushfires and this the pandemic really it's to look at what are the things that we can and can't change and focus on the positives from from the island's environment i guess it's been you know one positive is that the you know when we do get back to into our touring you know nature has had a little more time to recover so you know, the regrowth is already um, occurring right across the island with um, a, a lot of the plants that are not only fire adapted, but there are some that are actually fire dependent and will only flower after a fire. So they actually need a fire in, in terms of that you know, continuity. So, so that's, that's a positive. We've had a lot of the wildlife that's been, that survived in either refuges within the fire ground or areas like where we where we are with uh, with our little mate here the koalas uh we're right outside of that so half of the island was untouched and there's still a lot really large area uh, of habitat that's unaffected so animals which which dispersed are now moving back in the rains have started so things are starting to green up and the animals are starting to move back into uh, their normal um, areas. And I guess having less traffic, less people in the landscape, they've got a lot more freedom to, uh, to move back through wherever they like. So uh, yeah, they're actually getting a bit of a, a, bit of a break um, through this time as, as the rest of us are. And your social media the coverage through the fires was incredible. And um, it was really good to see that and it made us feel comfortable and knew that there was a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and it's great to have that. But being, look, KI is a, as we call it, KI, Kangaroo Island, is a tight little community. And I've met a lot of your 
fellow colleagues, your friends, the, the mayor I've met down there and things like that. Um, what sort of reaction have they had or contribution have they had? You mentioned the regrowth is going very strongly and everything, which is natural, but how about for the rebounding of travel and tourism to the island? How have they been handling that? Prior to yeah, COVID-19, uh, we actually had a, a campaign, South Australian Tourism Commission got a campaign on uh, you know, our local media within days. The fires were still burning in part and we had a, 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 you know, a book them out campaign. So that was looking really, really, really good. And uh, you know, it was no small irony that um, over Easter, uh, which is a really busy time for us because it's a, uh, for Australia, it's a it's a four day weekend. Uh, we had to say to people, "Hey, I know we've just been asking, you know, imploring you to come back and come and see us and help us out, but um, can we just say not yet? Because the just in terms of uh, from a healthcare perspective, the island has very very for a remote area has awesome healthcare, but that doesn't include an intensive care unit. So the the actual requirements for um, the dealing with you know, COVID-19 um, meant that we were quite vulnerable in terms of a, a small community. So um, we basically put up the uh, put up the stop sign saying, "Hey, you know, come back and see us a little later once the uh, the shutdown's over." So, uh, and that's been really uh, taken on on board really responsibly. Uh, we've had. Uh, four cases on Kangaroo Island in total. Uh, none of those people have been uh, very unwell with the uh, the virus, and they've all come from a known contact. So there's been some really good tracing. Uh, so yeah, we've been really uh, careful to ensure that the the, you know, the limited intensive care res resource we've got access to uh, isn't uh, isn't tested. So that's that's been good. And the island uh, community is really pulled together around that. And meanwhile, whilst that whole thing's going on, we're continuing with the the cleanup of the homes and the buildings and the fences that have been uh, being destroyed with the fires, and having to uh, you know try to work around the, the restrictions with the uh, the shutdown to make sure that still happens. Uh, the national parks are that were affected, so Flinders Chase. Uh, for example, Kelly Hill Conservation Park, they are still closed. And the the plan there, we were just about, prior to the shutdown, we're about to get uh, access back in there from a, a touring perspective. Uh, the idea there is that that will probably still be about 18 months before that is open for um, self-drive travellers who are um, unguided, unsupervised, but we will, as soon as the uh, travel um, restrictions are lifted, we will have access to Flinders Chase National Park and these other areas on a on a modified basis because there are still uh, there's still a lot of infrastructure that has to be rebuilt. But uh, they're going to give us access so that we can explain the fire and and show showcase, I guess, how nature responds to the fact that it's. Uh, whilst it has a, a massive impact from a, uh, a property and infrastructure perspective, nature does bounce back really, really quickly. And that's a positive so that people can really 
understand uh, just how resilient um, the natural world can be if, if, if we give it a bit of space. Right, and that leads me to um, well, two-part question. Uh, what is the latest date that the uh, lockdown is going to be lifted? Is there a date out there yet or is it still just unknown? They're talking in Australia, they're talking about a, a staged approach. We've had now a succession of days with no new cases. And I guess with a, a 14 day incubation period for the, the virus and a uh, yeah, a known sort of survival rate on on you know, particular surfaces they talk about. It would be a, a couple of weeks. Once we've got that for a couple of weeks, they'll then start to lift it, and it'll be uh, a progressive um, right. unpacking of those restrictions. Uh, so, you know, within families, within communities, within districts, states, interstates, and then probably near neighbours. Um, I know New Zealand has had a very, very similar response to Australia um, in that, you know, they, they shut down pretty hard pretty early. And uh, so that's likely to open up. Singapore was looking good, but they opened up too early and they've now had a, a massive spike. So they're back to where they started. Right. So we're trying very hard to learn from the experience of, of um, other communities so that we we try to get it right as much as we can. Right. So though the timing of the, when international travel is going to open up again for Australia is non-definitive, many will want to incorporate KI, KI into their plans when putting together their dream trip in a post-pandemic world. The regrowth of the island habitat offers a unique opportunity to see the varying states of flora and fauna. But what would you recommend travelers visiting the island as a must see? And, and I don't want to hear everything because I know you're going to say that, but it's just basically might be a couple of nuggets. And also, I, I know we spoke earlier that you mentioned that as the fires caused you to go different places on the island, you found some other great places that weren't so well known before, but now have the same allure as some of the other parts of the, of the island does have. Yeah, we, we've certainly had you know, post, with our touring post fire, we've had really good responses. A lot of guests saying that, this was the kangaroo and the Australia that they had expected. So even though it might not have been places that they heard of before, so you know, places like the Devil's Kitchen or Falls Cape Winery, or they'd never heard of, but they, they really enjoyed the immersive experience, the beautiful landscapes, the fact that you know, the wildlife is all around. I think that's one of the strengths of, of our lovely island home is... Um, you, know, you don't just have to go to one place to see a particular species of animal or to experience a particular thing. You know, nature's in, in good condition. You know, a third of the island is protected in National Park or Conservation Park. And it really does bring home that sense almost of a, a microcosm of Australia. So a lot of the things that people hope to see in Australia, we've got in um, in one relatively compact place. So sheep and cattle farms, the wildlife, the landscape, the beautiful beaches, local wines, the local produce scene. And um, so, and, and I guess what's important in terms of, um, you know, in this post COVID-19 world is, you know, solitude, distance, peace, tranquility, 
they aren't things that we're sort of seeking out because of this. We just experience that because that's part of our, our everyday. So we've, we're very, very lucky in that sense to be able to share that and, and experience it on a daily basis. Right. And Craig, I love to see and hear the community spirit that we're seeing all over the place. We're seeing it here in, in, in Ardmore and the Philadelphia suburbs and you hear stories all around the, the country about it. And it's so heartwarming. And, a great, and it's a great example of people pulling together to endure during difficult times. Could you share a positive story that you have seen in your local community on KI recently? Yeah, I guess there's, there's, there's many. I mean, the, just the way people have joined up together to, uh, to help each other out and everyone's sort of saying, oh, well, you know, don't worry about me, I'm okay. You know, there's, there's always, they're always pointing out someone who is... Uh, has a, uh, a greater need than them. So there's a very uh, strong sense of, of being you know, very selfless and uh, a sense of, of community where you know, people are going to ensuring you know, there's, there's no one sort of uh, left out in terms of that, that, uh, that sense of, of community. So, um, you know, I really think that the, these times, these hard times, whether it's, you know, you know a global pandemic or a bushfire, you know, far more, more local, it does bring up the, the very best in, in people in terms of, uh, you know, looking after their mates and, you know, making sure that we're able to, um, uh, you know, come out of this as, as quickly and as, as best we can. Well, Australians are known for looking after their mates and not leaving anyone behind. So it's really a testament to that. Now, I know you came to America while the fires were still smouldering in Australia back home, to tell Americans that Australia is still open for business. It seemed like you were here for months, but it was only three weeks. You travel all, all over the country. You appeared on the telly, on the news, on the papers, on magazines. I couldn't move anywhere without seeing your picture or seeing you on TV. Um, did you have any favourite spots along the way you'd like to share with us? I really love the diversity. It's yeah. You look at the the United States. It's the same size, roughly. If you ignore that great big chunk of Alaska up in the corner there, uh, as Australia. So, you know, the diversity of the of the, the landscape, the architecture, um, the, the the people change in terms of you know, accents and you know their football team, the baseball team. You know that, but the commonality, the, there's so many things which Australia and the US share in terms of, you know, the sense of camaraderie, the, um, you know, work hard, play hard, you know, very, very warm welcome. So I guess I don't have a geographic favourite because there is so much diversity that's a bit hard to, it's like saying, you know, you name your, your favourite child. But I, I certainly do uh, thrive on the, on the warm interaction and the, uh, one thing which really struck me was the the overwhelming awareness. You know, Americans sometimes are you know are criticised for being a little um, you know inward looking in terms of you know there's so much going on in the states and then they're unaware of uh, what's happening elsewhere in the world. I I could not um, find anyone who was not aware of what was going on in Australia. You know from any cab I got into, Uber driver, uh, any store you go into, as soon as you open your mouth and you know, people say, oh, you're from Australia, 
they were all saying, oh, how are the fires? How are you going with that? So the, um, the, the outpouring of, of concern, and that, that wasn't just um, emotion and, and reaching out to, to us um, as, a, as a community, as, a, as, as people, as friends, but that also came through amazingly well with the, the financial support. So the amount of money that came in to support our community, uh, our wildlife recovery, our firefighters, we had firefighters coming from the US coming over. And, and that's been a long um, uh, program of, of exchange and mutual assistance. Uh, so I guess that's, that's my favourite part of, uh, of our interaction between our American friends and, and the Aussies. That's a great, a great analysis of that, Craig. Listen, I'm so happy that you could join us today and share some of the wisdom and, and just, just seeing you and talking to you is great. Um, you know, you, you do miss interactions like this and um, it's really good to see you on the screen and see your friend, the koala there behind you. Uh, but I appreciate your time. I'm looking forward to next time I'm down there um, to visit and and see what's going on and see the new places you're taking the our clients to um it's just going to be a great time and just want to try and make it as soon as we can as long as it's safe and healthy for everyone to travel we'll be there so say hi to to janet and sky and blair for me and um appreciate it and wish you a safe and healthy um rest of the week thanks a lot craig thanks mate much appreciated i look forward to uh to seeing the uh, the swain team real soon Okay, mate. See you later. See you, bud.